In case you haven't heard, there's a new building on campus. The Music Building! It's a beautiful building. Deep red brick trimmed with a contrasting white stone set against the backdrop of Y Mountain. But this is one building that sounds even better than it looks. Welcome to the Y Magazine Podcast, bringing you ideas, stories, and voices from Brigham Young University. I'm Whitney Archibald, and today we're taking a tour. So this is the new music building, and it's a 170,000 square foot building. We began inhabiting it in January of this year, 2023, and it is strictly for the School of Music, whereas the Harris Fine Arts Center, where we had been for... Almost 60 years, uh, housed all six departments of the College of Fine Arts and Communications. Meet Dr. Mark Ammons, Assistant Director of the School of Music, who's going to give us an exclusive behind-the-scenes tour of this masterpiece of a building. Dr. Ammons is going on 20 years at BYU, and he does it all. He oversees the music facilities, so he's been very involved in the design and construction process of this new music building. He also oversees the jazz program, scholarships and admissions, and directs the BYU Jazz Ensemble. Plus, he's a fantastic trombonist. This episode is based on the article Hitting the Right Notes in the fall issue of Y Magazine by Denya Palmer, where you can find beautiful pictures of the new music building. You can also tour the building virtually with 360 videos at magazine.byu.edu. You'll find a link to the videos in the show notes. The choir you heard in the intro and that you'll hear throughout this episode is BYU's own Jazz Voices under the direction of Haley Kirkland, who also happens to be my sister. So let's get this tour started with... We're standing right now in the upper lobby, uh, which is on the second floor of the music building, which has uh, a three-story window that frames Y Mountain, and it's uh, beautiful both day and night. He's not kidding. This window is a showstopper. It just frames the mountain perfectly and fills the lobby with natural light. In fact, windows and light are a big theme in the overall building design. So speaking of windows, we were allowed to get up to 30% of the building with windows. Okay. And we got all 30%. Yeah, there's lots of light, and we love that because it really gives a feeling of vibrancy. The actual lights in the lobby are cool, too. At nighttime, uh, you'll be able to see these hanging lights here that uh, I kind of think of more as the Harry Potter uh, (laughs) hanging candles, you know, in the Great Hall. That's kind of what they look like at nighttime when you drive by them. But it's a a wonderful, wonderful space that that is also not only a gathering space for for students, but also you can clear the tables and chairs out, and it becomes a more casual performing space here. On the first floor lobby area, there are what we call um, social stairs, which again can be a gathering social area, but also an alternate uh, casual performing space. We have had a number of uh, groups already do some just kind of casual performances, and it's a great space. And, And that's one of the cool things about this building is that every possible consideration for acoustic detail has been given 
So every space really lends itself to great acoustics. The next stop on our tour is another jaw-dropping space. The Concert Hall. There was still some last-minute construction going on this summer when Dr. Ammons took me on this tour, so we stopped outside the hall first where it wasn't so noisy. He described it as... A state-of-the-art vineyard-style concert hall which seats a 1,000. The Dion Concert Hall in the now-demolished Harris Fine Arts Center seated about 1,400, including the balcony. And uh, the vineyard-style concert hall doesn't have a balcony, but it is seated in the round, and so it can seat a 1,000 in the round. Uh, It also has a brand-new organ that is being completed uh, as we speak, specifically designed for this space. It will be installed in 2024, spring and summer, and will have its dedication and dedicatory performances in the fall of 2024. Uh, just a gorgeous uh, organ that will be in that space. So we can actually just step into the concert hall. Um, there will be some sounds and noise and stuff going on, but we can get an idea of what's happening. Wow. Let me just jump in here to say, his introduction did not prepare me for how beautiful this hall is. First of all, it's so wide open. If the music building were a donut, the concert hall would be a four-story hole in the center, and the rest of the rooms in the building would be... Well, the dough. It has high ceilings, beautiful wood paneling, and a huge stage surrounded by seating. The stage also has an intricate lift system with 24 different sections that can raise and lower in different configurations. Okay, back to Dr. Ammons. You can see from up here the seating in the round. Uh, The stage down here is oriented facing this direction. But acoustically, uh, you can hear perfectly well from no matter where you sit. Uh, We had people who, during the concerts at the end of last semester, would walk around and check it out when people were performing or rehearsing, and they could hear everything just as clearly, no matter where they sat or stood. And it was amazing. No bad seat, There's not a bad seat in the hall, and that's pretty astounding. The, The other cool thing about this space is there are access points all the way around on the sides and in the back, as well as down the middle of the hall for acoustic curtains to come down that can help absorb sound. So you can adjust the acoustic however you want it. So if if whoever's performing in here would like it, the sound to be not quite as live, for instance, with a jazz band, it might be better to have things absorbed a little bit more. You can adjust it by by dropping the curtains down to any level that you would like to, to uh, to absorb that sound. So it's pretty pretty cool how that happens. Really and beautiful. no seat is further than 15 rows away from the stage. That's amazing. I asked Dr. Ammons about the design process. How many people were involved? So yeah, we had a we had a whole I mean the team of people who were involved in the in the design process included construction, architects, acousticians, Lighting design people, when we talk about construction, it's not just the hammer and nails people. It's the construction people that deal with electrical, plumbing, uh, carpet, all the finishing, everything. It was literally a team of probably 70 to 100 people. And to, to create this building the way that it needed to be is really pretty astounding when you think of all those various pieces that have to come yeah. come together. 
That's, that's difficult in and of itself. But they really went to great lengths to make sure that we have floating floors between each room, and particularly when we get to the practice room areas. And that's our cue to head to... Practice rooms. As Dr. Ammons was saying, every part of the music building was designed with acoustics in mind, from the big concert hall to the smallest one-person practice room. Let's go back to those floating floors he started talking about. What he means by floating is that... No floor is contiguous to another floor. So they're offset by six inches or more, okay? So there's no sound transfer. No wall is right butted up next to each other. There's at least two sets of walls between each room. No walls in a room are perpendicular. They're angled so that you don't have any kind of bounce of sound inside each other. Wow. And uh, there's isolation in between each wall. And every wall goes all the way up past the ceiling so that you don't have the possibility of sound transferring from one room over the wall down into the next room through the ceiling. The practice rooms aren't just acoustically superior to the ones in the Harris Fine Arts Center. There are more of them, 64 total. Uh, We have a net increase of about uh, 12 practice rooms over what we had in the Harris Fine Arts Center. And in addition to those, we have some very highly specialized practice rooms that we didn't have before. We have some percussion practice rooms, organ practice rooms that are pretty awesome. Most of the practice rooms are on the fourth floor, and the next highest number is on the third floor, with just a handful on the first floor. Let's check out some of those specialized practice rooms, starting with percussion. Okay, so these are all percussion practice rooms usually dedicated to certain groups of instruments. Uh, Steel drums, obviously. There you go. (laughs) Wasn't that awesome? Yes. Yes. Expert. I think I know now my next calling in life. Uh, Marimba. That's a beautiful instrument. Uh, It is. Uh, Okay, so this is one of our drum set rooms. These are the highest grade soundproof doors with the highest grade soundproof treatment that you can get because... For good reason. They're very loud here. (laughs) And then we have the organ practice rooms. Again, I was not expecting what I saw. Gigantic, ornate organs just filling up these rooms, pipes and all. So this is an electric organ. This is a Baroque pipe organ. Holy cow. It's beautiful. Are those wooden keys? They are. Huh. Yeah. And uh, I can show you these other ones as well. They're all pretty pretty awesome, you know? So this is a full organ, and all the pipes are right there. It's oh. a full pipe organ. Whoa. Not a whole lot of places you could go where you can get this type of access to this number of instruments. Uh, I mean, there are only a handful of universities in the country that actually have okay. a full-blown... Uh, undergraduate organ degree program. We have both an undergraduate and a graduate organ program. I thought it was pretty unusual. Um, And we have a fair number of students who take lessons who aren't majors. And again, that's abnormal for the country. Yeah. So. Cool. These typically remain open during the school year so that students, whether they are majors or not non-majors, can come and practice on them. Cool. So they're just closed right now because it's summertime and the living is easy. 
<laughs> Fish are jumping and cotton is high. Most of the other practice rooms are the bring your own instrument variety, or they include one piano. They're small, meant for one or two students to practice at a time. For larger groups, like choirs and ensembles, we have. Rehearsal spaces! Uh, so, this is the choral rehearsal space. Again, as you can see right there, you can pull those curtains. So, all I'm doing is just extending the curtains out to the middle of the room. And you can adjust them however you want to. They are adjustable on all three sides of the room. Again, creating a liver or deader sound in the space, depending on what you need or what you want. Uh, so this seat's 214. Works for uh, all of our largest choirs, including men's chorus, and, um, and then also doubles as a recital space. Uh, we have high-def streaming cameras in more than 20 of our spaces so that we can stream our concerts and recitals live, which we do. We are able to stream live throughout the world. We don't charge anything for um, our concerts when we stream. And we are streaming to multiple countries. We have people all over the world who tune into our concerts. And what better way to share the light of the gospel than through music and, and sharing through the talents that we've been given, you know, through these different concerts that we do. We're already doing them, and now we can just share them worldwide. And well, when our groups go and, and tour and, and perform at festivals, we hear so frequently comments like, wow, that was amazing. I, I felt something so different when I heard your group perform, or what is it about your group that's different? And, you know, we know what that is. You know, that's the spirit that's, right. that's, that's just flowing through the performers. Um, and and because, not just the music that they're singing, it's, it's truly the spirit. They're singing a lot of the same numbers that some of the other groups are performing, right? But it's the spirit that, that they're feeling. Yeah. And, and that is what they can feel when they tune into our, to our streaming broadcast. You can check out the ongoing streaming schedule at musicstreaming.byu.edu so you don't miss a great performance. The music building also includes dedicated rehearsal rooms for instrumental ensembles. Now, both of the instrumental ensemble rooms that, we, that were built in this building are larger than the largest rehearsal space that we had in the Harrisburg Arts Center. Oh, yeah, this is big. And the other one is even bigger. Uh, other ensemble room. We use both of these spaces uh, for performance spaces as well. Okay. Um, for recitals primarily, um, we have five orchestras, four bands, three jazz bands. So it's a pretty healthy number. There's another big rehearsal room just for percussionists, filled with all sorts of interesting-looking instruments. The unique instruments over there are part of the gamelan instrument that we have. It looks like a set of instruments, but the whole thing creates a gamelan. That's an instrument that is from Bali. Percussion recitals in this room. Again, those all can be streamed from that camera up there. This one and the choral rehearsal space are really unique spaces because they didn't exist at all in the, in the, uh, in the Harris Fine Arts Center. I noticed there are a couple of Gamelon concerts on the streaming schedule, so you'll be able to check it out if you want.
We'll go to one more very custom rehearsal space called The Box. So The Box is the one that um, is primarily for opera rehearsal. It is designed with the same width and depth as a proscenium stage. So the same size of stage that you would have for a concert hall where you might perform operas. So the students would be accustomed to working on the same width of a stage. In addition, it has full light grids up above so that you can do specialty lighting and also full surround sound so that you can do a lot of the electronic music and and contemporary composition stuff. A lot of our uh, contemporary music composers, commercial music composers, are really excited about using this space. It's a pretty cool space. Very cool. After all that practice, students and faculty need a place to show off what they're learning. That's why we have... The Recital Hall. Okay, so this is the Recital Hall. Now... They actually have, I think, all the curtains pulled around. Yeah, they do. So this is actually the deadest that you would have in here, Um, the least amount of reverb that you would have. So this is an ideal setting. For instance, we had a jazz combo in here a few weeks ago, and this was perfect for them to be able to play. It gave a really intimate feel to their performance. They didn't have to use mics, speakers, anything like that. It was just really a great wow. setting. And then within three minutes, we were able to retract all of the curtains and have it completely live for a solo violinist and pianist. And they loved it that way because it was perfectly live and full of, of all of the reverb that they wanted. Yeah, it's so cool how customizable it is. Yeah, it's it's really great. And this seat's about 250. Next is a cutting-edge space that any music students and ensembles can use to record their music. Studio Y. Studio Y is another really customizable space. It's a big recording studio, big enough to fit ensembles, but it can also be partitioned with tall rolling walls called baffles. These rolling baffles are designed to isolate sections. So let's say you wanted to um, put trombones here and maybe you wanted to put saxes over there, whatever. You can isolate them a little bit so that there's not as much sound bleed and it creates a much better, much tighter sound, just a lot less to have to worry about in the mix. There are also isolation booths to keep sound separate and five other individual recording rooms students can use. The other half of Studio Y is the control room with a sophisticated mixing board and other recording equipment. So this is the control room for uh, Studio Y. And it is uh, designed back on the back side there. There will be 24 seats for students to sit in. Um, You can see a screen here up in front. And right above it is a camera, and what the camera's taking an image of will be put up on the screen so that the students back in the back can see and can watch from that angle instead of having to try to hover uh, (laughs) around the console to to see what exactly is going on as you're listening to the playback of the recording that's just been done and being able to alter and uh, mix the sound as you go through. All the dials and buttons. and That's a little intimidating, but amazing. Wow. I have so much to learn. (laughs) Yeah, well, 
But you know what? You've got eternity to learn it, right? It's true. A little footnote, Studio Y is actually where Jazz Voices recorded the musical segues for this episode. And of course, any university building needs... Classrooms and labs! If you want to picture the first classroom we're going to visit, just picture your elementary school music room. Okay, so this is the music education classroom. And it is specifically designed to be an open space. Yes, there are chairs, but they're movable chairs, stackable chairs. Um, so that you can, in music ed, can use open floor space like you would primarily in elementary levels where you're doing a lot of floor activities. Looks like there's all sorts of fun goodies in the boxes along. Oh, yeah. Want to like pilfer st- through them and play with and some If you start looking in, the, in <laughs> the closets, you'll see even more fun. Nice. So. I like that it actually has an upright because nobody's going to have a nice grand piano in their actual classroom. And, and what we just need to do is make sure that that one never gets tuned. Right. There's also a cool lecture hall right off the lobby with glass walls and streaming capabilities. And the upstairs classrooms have spectacular views, again with the windows. Then there are the labs, organ and piano labs with electronic instruments, headphones, and computers for each student, and a music tech lab for the commercial music students. And finally, we'll check out the Phew, we've covered a lot of ground, but there are still a few more great areas to check out. Most of the professor's offices are up on the third and fourth floors, which can also double as teaching spaces for private lessons. And the first floor of the music building houses a lot of the behind-the-scenes spaces that keep the music program running. First of all, there's a whole library dedicated to music. All right, so this is the Music Performance Library, and these are two of our favorite music performance librarians. Yes, we are. This is cool. Um, Again, entirely massive upgrade from where we were in the Fine Arts Center. So we've got all the choral music, the orchestra music, the band music, the jazz music, all the chamber music, everything that you could imagine is here. And with 200 pianos scattered throughout the building, it also needs a piano tech room. And this is where all of our pianos in the School of Music are tuned up. They have uh, a hoist that can uh, hoist the pianos up if they need to. They've got a dust removal system that runs, that they can turn on, that'll suck all the dust out while they're, if they have to do any kind of sawing or anything like that. So we have two full-time staff admin position who are the main people. But then they have a whole team of student, some who are actually training to be piano techs themselves. Okay. They are learning through the apprentice system, and uh, so they learn, learn that as they go. For other BYU instruments, there's another tech shop that takes care of maintenance and minor repairs. We've come to the end of our tour, but before we go, let's hear a few more deep thoughts by Dr. Mark Ammons. My favorite thing about the building is the feeling that you get when you walk into it. You just, there's just a feeling of light. And I mean that both literally and figuratively. You know, there's, there's the windows and, and just the sunshine coming through, no matter what time of year it is. But then I just love the feeling of the promise of not only what we're doing here each day, but the promise of what we're being able to share each day, each week, each month, each year. Um, through the light of the gospel. So I just, that's what I love. Yeah, that's a wrap. Cook it. Hey, let's go. Nice. 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 Nice
Thank you for listening to the Y Magazine podcast. Special thanks to Haley Kirkland, director of Jazz Voices, for writing and conducting the musical subheads in this episode. And thanks to Russell Kundick, Hannah Iyer, Alyssa Hightower, John Lewis, Kelsey Ney, Mason Olison, Carter Priest, Noelia Root, Trevor Smith, and Mallory Snyder for singing. Commercial music student Adam Keith ran the recording session and mixed the music. Production by me, Whitney Archibald, with executive producer Denya Palmer. Mixing and mastering by Jarrett Davis.